The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Then he made the disciples get into the boat and proceed him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came forward to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once, Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Ryan and Kathleen, it is such a gift and a privilege for me to not only be here, but to preach at your wedding. I've known Kathleen for about five and a half years. And when I first met her, she was discerning, thinking about uh, becoming a nun. Thank God that didn't work out, right? Orion is definitely happy about that one. And I think I knew from the very beginning, because as I got to know Kathleen, I began to realize this girl really loves to shop. <laughs> I didn't know what kind of nun that would be. I mean, it's possible, but maybe a sister in Beverly Hills or something. I don't know. And. I only met Orion this past summer in June, and I've been hearing Kathleen talk about him for about a year and a half, and I was very curious, who is this man that captured Kathleen's heart? And my only sort of recommendation for Kathleen was, Kathleen, no weirdos, all right? <laughs> and when I met Orion, he definitely passed the test. I was pleasantly surprised. You know, I've been thinking about you two for the past couple of weeks. 
because a wedding is such a beautiful moment. And there's so many things I could say to the both of you. But I think what really struck me as I've been praying for you, probably the most important thing is that God has given you each other as a gift. Without a doubt, the both of you will be the greatest gift you ever receive in this life. Orion, if you ever in your life doubt the existence of God or God's personal love for you, all you have to do is look at your wife and God willing, one day your children. And Kathleen, if you ever doubt the existence of God in your life or God's personal love for you, all you have to do is look at your husband. And God willing, one day your children. This gift that you both are to each other is a gift that must be respected that must be reverenced, that must be honored, and it must be loved because it is not from you. In the book of Genesis, if you remember, Adam is alone in the world and God has created everything that is. And God has placed Adam over everything. And so he's named the animals. But something's missing in Adam's life. He is incomplete. And God recognizes this. And he makes Eve. And it's so beautiful, the account, when Adam sees Eve for the first time, He says something that it doesn't probably strike us as being very poetic or even being very beautiful, but it is deeply profound because when Adam sees Eve, he says, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. In other words, this is one who I can relate to, who I can give myself to, who I can receive love in return. She completes me. I might have shared with you the story of my parents' engagement. But my mother and father met on a blind date and they were dating for about a year and a half. My father began to think, she's the one I'm supposed to marry. My dad wanted to propose, but he had this deep fear within him. 
And the fear was my dad had just come back from Vietnam where he was shot in his left shoulder. So pretty much his whole left arm he's unable to use. And the fear for my dad was that he wouldn't be able to get a job. He wouldn't be able to support a family. And so there was this hesitation. And finally, one afternoon, as my mom would tell the story, they were going to go out to see a movie. Before they went to see the movie, they went for a walk. And all of a sudden, my dad, while they were walking, just dropped to one knee. And he asked my mom, will you marry me? And my dad, remember, was convinced that she would say no. And my mom said yes. But he thought she said no. <laughs> so he launches into this compassionate understanding. Kathy, I know why you don't want to get married. I wouldn't be able to get a job. We're going to have problems. Maybe we should just stop dating. And my mom said something to him that I would hear her say often throughout their marriage. John, shut up. <laughs> because I said yes. The reason why I tell that story is because when my dad met my mom, he met the one who would complete him. He met the one who would be able to love him unconditionally. Their meeting was not an accident. And neither was yours. God has brought the both of you together. And your marriage reveals to everyone here something so profound about God. And we heard it in the second reading from John when he says, God is love. Probably the best definition of God. What is love? Well, it's, it's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. Jesus tells us that this is love, that one lays down one's life for his friends. And even though God is love, we have to be honest, sometimes we're not always love. And that's why a common phrase that the both of you will have to learn to repeat if you haven't already is, I'm sorry. Two weeks ago, I was in Texas and I was celebrating a mass with a deacon. His name was Deacon Peter. And he told me after mass that that day, he was celebrating 50 years of marriage. And I told him, I congratulated him, and I said, what is the secret? I told him that I was gonna be at your wedding, and I said, what would you say to that couple as they're preparing, God willing, to spend 50 years or maybe even longer together? And he said, well, that morning, the morning of his wedding, he said, I do. 
And he said he spent the next 50 years saying, yes, dear. And after we were, we sort of laughed about that. And he looked up at me and he said, he said, tell that young couple to keep their eyes on Jesus. He said, there's no human explanation why him and his wife remained happily married for 50 years other than the fact that they've kept their eyes on Jesus and they've allowed his love to penetrate into their hearts. This gospel that you chose, first of all, left me a little bit confused because I'm reading this gospel about Jesus with the fishermen out on the, out on the shore. And I'm like, what does this have to do about marriage at all? But as we read it a little more, we begin to see that actually it has a lot to do about marriage. Because as we heard, the disciples are out on the boat. And all of a sudden, a storm comes up. And Jesus comes walking to them. And Peter, who's always so quick to speak, says, Lord, if it is you, let me walk on the water and come to you. In other words, let me do something that is really inhuman. And Jesus says, come. And Peter is walking. And all of a sudden, he gets overwhelmed by the storm. He takes his eyes off Jesus. And he begins to sink. I guarantee you there will be many things that will attempt to distract the both of you. There will be many things that will try to clamor for your attention. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I'm sure the both of you have received a lot of counsel, a lot of wisdom about how to have a successful marriage. Certainly you've talked about the need to listen to one another, the need to communicate, to compromise at times. And all of that is important, but it lacks someone. The Greek philosopher Aristotle once said that if two people who are friends, if their friendship is going to remain, he said they have to fall in love with something greater than themselves. I think it's fair to say that what is not only true of friendship is true of marriage. You have to fall in love with someone greater than yourselves. Because it's only God's love and keeping your eyes on Jesus 
that will enable you to love each other correctly. You know, oftentimes in life, relationships falter when two people spend all of their time looking at each other. When there is no transcendent dimension, where is the relationship going to go? When we put God in right priority, everything seems to work out. But it's so hard, isn't it? Keep your eyes on Jesus. You know, many people think that Jesus is boring or that his ways are sort of out of date or out of touch with the human experience. But look at the crucifix. Jesus' arms are open, not to take anything away from the both of you, but to embrace the both of you, to give you his love, his light, and his life, so that in turn you can give that love to one another. The human heart doesn't change. Trends and fads will come and go, but we are all in need of someone greater than ourselves. You know, after my ordination, which Kathleen was at, a man came up to me and he said, good luck. And I thought it was the strangest advice I've ever received in my life. And so I don't want to say good luck to the both of you because Love is a choice. Choose to love. And when you don't choose to love, say, I'm sorry. The both of you are a beautiful gift to one another. And Orion, I want to thank you for just being a man of integrity for loving Kathleen, for convincing her that she's not called to be a nun. <laughs> and Kathleen, you have always been a beautiful, holy witness to me and to all of us. Thank you for allowing us to be here this day, in this beautiful day, the beginning of the rest of your life together. Remember that you are a gift to each other. And that if you want your marriage to grow, you need to keep your eyes on Jesus, who is in a very real way so desperate to give you his love. If you do that, I promise you, maybe not an easy life, but a beautiful life a life that is worth living together. God bless the both of you.